Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishanda Shines. Welcome to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. Today is the day that we get to rejoice and be glad in it. You hear me? If you would have known the things that I have gone through today to get to this interview, you too would be like, girl, child, please. You know you're about to have a real good interview. And the young lady who I get to interview today, I met her in 2021 at a race in which I had the opportunity to be the host of a women's luncheon. Now, listen, I wasn't supposed to be the initial host, but I'm so glad I became the host because it allowed me an opportunity to see so many beautiful women who look like me in one room doing a sport that I love, which is triathlon. This particular young lady is, she hails all the way from the Austin, Texas area. And not only is she a triathlete, but she's making her mark as a race director. Now, what I love about this beautiful young lady is that we have Fs in common. Like I have a lot of Fs that I like to use and she also has a lot of Fs that she likes to use. And if you think that they're the Fs that you think we're talking about, they're not. See, get your mind out the gutter. F equals fitness plus the other F is friends, which equals fun. Those are the Fs that she's here to F things up about just a little bit in the triathlon world. And all I can say is I'm here to F with her. With Yes, it. I love it. <laughs> I haven't even introduced her, but she is Camille Baptiste. Hey, Camille. Hey, yes, I am here to F things up. I want to make some family friendly finish lines. That's, here's another F, family finish lines all about that. I love um, thank it. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. And my F's are faith, fun, finish. Like, I love it that we have F's. I remember saying that in um, 2021 when I was doing my race and they were asking me and I was like, those are the F's that I care about. Faith, fun, da, 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 da. And then when I see that you care about F's, kind of, sort of now it brings me back to that time where we met in um, at the race event down in Williamsburg, how it was like instant energy and an instant connection. Fantastic. Here's another yeah. F. It was fantastic. It was fabulous. Here's another F. Hey, <laughs> what the F? Hey, what the F? Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 Enough. Enough already. Wow. Hey girl. Hi. How are you? I am thankful that it has brought me all the way here to meet with you today. Come on, come on. I'm grateful as well. Let's just get right into it. You have been on the scene for five years doing triathlons. What brought you to the sport of triathlon? It just seemed like it was a, like a combustion of things. Like so many different things happened at one time that just kind of just birthed this triathlete. Um, I didn't know how to ride a bike. And at the same time, I learned how to ride a bike so I could support Livestrong because they were helpful for helping me take care of my sister who had cancer. 
and they had an annual big fundraiser ride. And I was like, I want to give them back what they give to me. So I learned to ride a bike. Then I was like, now what? What am I supposed to do with this? I don't want to be riding around the neighborhood. And at that time, triathlons, a local triathlon scene was budding at the time, as well as MS-150. So MS-150 is riding. But then I, I learned how to ride savvy. I wanted to race. Well, besides crit racing, if you really want to race and you have a bike, triathlon. But okay, I didn't know how to swim. So I had hurt my show that was really big in obstacle course racing. And all this kind of happened like same time, same year. Hurt my show that a Tough Mudder race, doing one of those human pyramids and the lady on top of me slipped. And so it hurt my shoulder. And the guy was like, the best thing you can do to rehab is aqua therapy. Well, I didn't know how to swim. And I saw the old lady swimming there. So I learned how to swim and did an indoor try. Indoor try, then I learned how to ride. All this is sick within months of each other. So within a year, I learned how to swim, <laughs> how to ride a bike. I mean, I mean, really ride a bike. I didn't had no ideas. I'm over there with like bubble wrap on and one of the kids' helmet that can't fit, looking like a, a um, like um, Mark and Mindy. Uh, it's so all of those things together, put together. I figured, you know what? I want to start doing triathlon. I did a few indoor, and I was like, I'm ready to do a real one. I didn't know any better, but I thought a real one was swimming out in the, they didn't have a lot of pool triathlons for me. I'm like, you know what? I want to get out on the road. I want to get out on open water. And then they had a women's triathlon. That skin was really bigger, really big back here. It's no longer a race, but it's really big. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And I never stopped. Just kept going. You just kept going and going and going. Yeah. You, you constantly learning. I'm a gold digger. I'm a gold getter. And I don't care how good you think you could swim, how good you think you could bike, how good you think you run. When you put all these three together, because triathlon is three sports into one, not three separate sports. When you do three sports into one, there's constant room for improvement in time management and equipment and technique. I just really want to get it to the finish line being fabulous. So I don't want to get to the finish line being haggard. So I just, I just keep at it. That's why you effing it up because you want to be fabulous at the end. Listen, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head when you said that there's always constant room for improvement. And what I love about what you're doing and equally what I'm doing with Try Beginner's Luck is that's the premise. The premise is, yes, we can come to this sport. And if we come to the sport as beginners, we will always learn. We will always grow. And everyone's journey is different. And who doesn't like a good story? I re- when, I first, uh, when we first signed on to this today, you had a background saying stories matter. And they do because everyone has a story. And I believe that every person's story should be heard or at least as many people who want to share their story their story should be heard. And so it is an honor to have a platform to allow people who may not always be chosen to speak, to give them an opportunity to share their story, because I believe that that is what's going to help push the needle forward in this sport that we both so love. And I think it has both changed our lives tremendously. Would you agree? 100. I don't wake up. I, I wake up at five o'clock and I got nothing to do. <laughs> yes. Yes, it has changed our lives forever. Well, you're better than me because I'm not waking up at five o'clock in the morning without a purpose. So thank God. 
it's just not happening. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so you started five years ago. You have done these races. Which distances have you accomplished thus far? All the way up to 70.3. Oh. I have, I have no, as of today, have no aspirations to complete or even attempt to train for 140.6. 18 hours of swim, bike, running fun at this moment is a little too much for my appetite. <laughs> no, that's fine. I didn't ask you that question to ask you which ones you didn't want to do. I was asking what you have done because I think ah. it's important to see what people will do. And I've said this in season one. Everyone has their preference of what they want to do. You don't have to come into the sport and make the 140.6 your pinnacle. That's if it's not for you, it's not for you. However, if the sprint is your thing, cool. If the Olympic is your thing, cool. If the half distance is your thing, cool. We all have space. Let's, Let's take it sit out. here for a minute. A lot of people don't even realize that there are sprints, Olympics, half Ironman distance. Because most non-triathlete net people only know about Ironman and 140.6. And so sometimes you have to qualify that answer to what they, what they know. <laughs> I prefer, I prefer the Olympic distance. I prefer the sprint distance. I'll do a 70.3. Um, but I want to be able at the end of the day to still enjoy myself and if it's important for me to be upright when I'm finished and not haggard and be fabulous that I need to stay in the sprint and Olympic space and the 70.3 space. That's my goal. Make it to the finish line, standing upright and happy. Bam. <laughs> and that's fine. Cause that's your story, right? It's no that's one else's but yours. And I want to say this for any, be for any beginner who's curious about trying this or someone who's already started and you're feeling pressured to do distances in which you don't really have the heart to do or want to do or desire to do don't do it don't don't do not drink the kool-aid especially if you're diabetic don't stop <laughs> that ain't right it is right it's the <laughs> truth you don't, you don't need no more sugar you can't handle i feel like this 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 I don't know what I got myself into today interviewing you. And I don't even know if my, if the audience understands what we've gotten ourselves into, but this is about to be a true, <laughs> y'all. But I love it. I love the authenticity that you're bringing and the truthfulness. And I really just want people to know that there is such a range of races that you can do. I would even put in duathlon, you, you know, aqua bike, you don't have to submit to something that you don't want to do. With that said, I want to transition a little bit and not harp on that part of it, but I want to move into some really cool things. You're not only a triathlete, but you've gotten into the space where you are a race director. I Last year, for about two months, I considered becoming a race director. But I realized, yeah, I'm great at planning events. I'm great and organized and doing things, but I don't know if that's my story or my walk. But when I met you back in June of 2021, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm so glad somebody else who looked like me is out here being a race director. So I don't have to do this. So tell me about how you came into wanting to be a race director. You just mentioned... A few moments ago, 
exactly the reasons why I chose to become a race director. There's so much things in the world of multi-sport, duathlon, sprints, Olympic races, um, small format, small distance races that are triathlons that they don't offer locally in my area. And I want people to find their space. I want to be able to find their pace, find their finish line, find a distance that makes them worthy. Whether that be sprint, Olympic, a duathlon, there is so many versions of multi-sport that we do not explore in my particular region, or we don't have enough of. I want more women and more people to be involved in multi-sport, in triathlons and in duathlons. But what makes a triathlete, what makes a duathlete, unless there's an event or a race, there are, many day, there are many people who hike, bike, run, swim. They do all those things. Does that make them a triathlete? Does that make them do athletes? Sometimes they don't fit. They don't consider themselves minted as such unless they've crossed the finish line. So I want to create finish lines. If I create finish lines, I believe that I spread joy. All the hard work, all the things that you work for, it makes you, it gives you some reason to wake up in the morning to say, I'm going to do this and I'm looking forward to this. Some people need that. After you've been doing it for a long time, you do always wake up, swim, bike, and run. You don't necessarily need a finish line. But for those people very new into the sport, we need finish lines. We don't have enough finish lines. We don't have enough local finish lines. We don't have enough different versions of what multi-sport would look like. We don't even have a lot of things that are accessible. And because triathlete is also a very resource-rich sport, whether it be gear or even the distance, I can't, you can't have one like in the inner city. Sometimes you have to go out into the country or the suburbs to find the roads, to find the courses. So I believe that if I wanted to make that difference and I want to make more triathletes and I want to be around more female triathletes that look like me, and I don't even mean black, I'm talking about sometimes tall, big and broad. There's not a lot of us out there, regardless of race. And ableism, not everybody could run a six, a six minute mile. So I wanna create courses, that allow people of many different shapes, sizes, ability, and ages to have their dreams come true, to be considered a, a triathlete, to be considered a duathlete. So that's kind of like my big broad motivation is to make sure that those who can and those who want have a choice. I love that, that you want to create finish lines where people can finish. How cool is that? Because yeah, I can see how it can be disappointing when you get to a finish line and you technically don't finish, but you finish, right? I've been there. You know, it's happened plenty of times. However, the fact that you want to give people something to look forward to, which also allows them to want to continue to do something and do the sport. And I think that that's important as well. I love the fact that you want to focus with on women. I do believe that women are a key to the growth of the sport. I said in an interview uh, with um, Gwen that women are incubators. And when children, who women are also mothers. And when mothers have children, their children can see them. And of course their fathers, but they also will see them doing something and it can be a family sport, which ultimately will allow them to grow and do it and grow up to want to do it, whether they step away from it, but they can do it all the way until they're like 99 or a hundred or 102. There's no age limit in this sport. And I think that's what I love about it. Do you want to comment on that? Yes. I want to make sure that I want to make sure that women who are 80 and still want to try, they have some place to try. 
you said women are incubators. I think women are also pack type animals. Very rarely do you see a lot of women roll solo. So as a result of that, now, if you do not make it an inclusive environment or an environment that they may feel comfortable to try either something on their own or with their best bud, it's not going to be, we're going to have a shrinkage in the sport. So if we create more events, we have an a 18 policy. If it's, it needs to be inclusive, all inclusive, accessible and affordable. Accessible meaning you're saying women are mothers, right? You don't have, a lot of us don't have three, four hours to go drive or spend a night out of town to do a race in the morning. That's only 90 minutes <laughs> and enough to come back. So having something accessible and close to home, it might be, might be a little different format or might be in a, not a, a very wide open space, but in a space enough that it will allow you to achieve these and still go back home and mother your children. So having finish lines that are all inclusive that you could at any age do, that's one of our ultimate goals is to make sure we have our oldest lady in our club who's 70. And every time, sometimes I do have some pools, uh, uh, a triathlon, sometimes I make them go first out of respect. And they're like, why? You don't do that. That's not what they do with everybody else. I said, we honor those that come before us. But if she's still 70 and she's trying and it might take her 17 minutes and you seven minutes when you can wait, you catch up. <laughs> so we, res we respect age and we respect ability. <laughs> I love that honor. I really do. I really do. That just warmed my heart. Like you can catch up. She's 71. She let her go first. She's earned her time to go first. I love that. So tell me about some of the races that you have, that you've produced. What do they look like? How can people find out about these races? So we've produced two duathlons. We've produced two female triathlons, some of those by invitation only because for the past I guess almost two years now, it seems like almost two years. Yeah, two years. COVID is almost two years in now. Um, we're in 2022. COVID kicked off, what, 2019 spring break? No, 2020. 2020 March. 2020 March. So it's yeah. almost two years now. We're in 2022 now. So it's almost two years in. So a lot of our events have had to be small intentionally or invite only because of that. And so we put together open water swim um, triathlon, female triathlon. We've put together a lot of open uh, pool clinics for our tri club in our area so that we've kind of kept it in the, you know what, we still want to make sure that this feels very family friendly, but also it's not so big that you could get lost. Mm. We've like put on that. some duathlons. We believe the future of triathlons in order to really grow the sport and multi-sport, a lot of people have a very big apprehensive attitude when it comes to swimming, whether it be the pool, because they don't want to do it with the hair, or whether it be the open water, they don't want to drown, they don't know what's underneath there. But because of COVID, we've had more people hiking and walking and riding their bike. There is a bike shortage now. You can't even buy a tire out there without waiting for two weeks because we have more people on bikes. So I believe now, okay, I want the runners and all of those people who just discovered their bike, you could do a duathlon. You don't even need a gym membership to do that because you've been riding and walking out there in your free space, come to my finish line. So we've been focusing a lot on duathlons. We actually have one coming up in April um, called the Pink Strong Duathlon. And so we have a whole Pink Strong series for 2022 where you could do a 
triathlon, a duathlon, and get your cycling game on. Um, because if you don't have a sense of community and strength in numbers, it's very hard to bring more women to the sport. And so we want to make sure that when they come, they feel like I'm here, I could re I'm represented, I'm not the only one, and it's a big party. Just come hang out. I absolutely love that. So I want to touch on more about the Pink Strong series. When are the Pink Strong dates? Because, you know, we're in Women's History Month right now, but we need to know so we can sign up. So Pink Strong, oh, I got a whole like big lineup. So Pink Strong Duathlon, which is April 24th. Pink Strong Triathlon, which is June 5th. Pink Strong Shira Ride is October 30th. Wow. And we have like a whole series. So it's like, be bold, be strong, be brave. Say yes to new adventures. That is the whole 2020 Pink Strong lineup for you. I love that. Say yes to new adventures. Where did you get the name Pink Strong from? And what is that significant for? I'm going to be fully transparent. I am a purple girl all the way. Okay. I can't even handle pink, but <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold up one second. I cannot let that go by. Cause please let it go. <laughs> you know, I don't even appreciate the disrespect to pink. And then I have on a little green. So the inference is what pink and green with the little purple. Okay. Okay. So okay. Don't be hating on pink, but okay. Purple girl, go ahead. I don't hate on pink, but I do realize pink is, has kind of become the ethos to what it means to be female. It started with the Shiro ride, which was last October, November. And we were thinking about all of our sisters in our club that are dealing with cancer and all of the veterans that are fighting on the finish line, on, on, on the war lines. Mm -hmm. So we have quite a few active duty um, females in our club. And we thought, you know what? It's, it's, these people are pink strong. Wow. And so when we did our first pink event, which was pink strong, she arrived, we thought we're going to expand on this idea for 2022. And why don't we make it a complete pink strong um, series? When we thought about pink and we thought about camel, we like, you know what? Pink camel makes some really good gear. And that's, that's the basis of thinking about all of the sisters we knew dealing with cancer and all of those that were fighting out on the fighting lines. And we just, it was such a success, the, the Pink Strong Shura ride. We had almost 64% military affiliated attend our event that day. And we had over a hundred riders. So it was like, ah, this is it. Let's stick with this and let's do one thing and let's do it well. So that's what we did for 2022. Be bold, be strong, be brave. We want everyone to say yes to adventure. And each race has a theme. Has a, has a theme. So like our um, Pink Strong Triathlon is be strong. Our, our, our Pink Strong um, Sheer Arrive is be, be brave. And our duathlon is be bold. Because we want everyone who knows how to ride, who knows how to walk or run, try something new, try a duathlon. So that's how it... That's the full circle of how we come up with this multi-sport challenge series for 2022. Love, love, love. Yeah, that is so wonderful. I am so excited. And maybe I can get back to Austin. I know I was in Austin in uh, 2021 and I reached out to you and we weren't able to hook up, but maybe uh, this year in 2022, I'll be able to uh, come back down. We need to, to find you. We need to find you a finish line 
another F word. Fly to my finish line. <laughs> Fly to her finish line. Okay. Okay. We'll make that happen. All right. I also thought what was interesting is you also, what was the impetus of you becoming a race director? I got burnt out on traveling for races and I got burnt out on Ironman events. So it kind of like, I felt like I needed a checklist for the checklist. I I felt like um, triathlon was consuming me physically, mentally, financially. And I just got burnt out. And I was like, I want to race locally, but there weren't any races. Now, if I'm so interested in finish line, I could do a triathlon and, and, and invite everybody, but I'm female and I got some flair. So I want to do it my way. And that's why it's a women's only event. <laughs> so I want to create more local races. That's what happened. And then the segue into how I became a certified race director, I had injured myself dancing. I'm just say it, just keep it simple like that. Had a major surgery and I'm still rehabbing. I have a two-year rehab. But at that time, I was stuck on the couch for three months. It's like, I might as well become a certified race director. I'm already doing it. I might as well, I might as well do it and do it legitly, if that makes any sense. As well as people don't really understand all of the nuances that go into getting a race sanctioned, permitted, and insured. And because what we do is so 1% and so next level, the best way to do it is through USA Today. Now there are other avenues you can use, but they cater to triathletes. They have a whole economy of races and, 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 and opportunities to represent your country through USAT. So that if I become a gateway for other people to explore their adult dreams of being an athlete as a triathlete, I wanna be a part of that. I love what you said about it has you, people do not know what goes into making sure that a race is sanctioned. My first season, I kicked off um, my podcast talking to Rocky, who is a CEO of USA Triathlon, and asked him the difference between what is a sanctioned versus unsanctioned event. And he spoke to that. And having a sanctioned race is definitely safer because you do get the insurance. And I appreciate the fact that you've been so thoughtful of that. You also mentioned something about your races and making them local. How are you making it more affordable? Because you're right, triathlon is a very resource rich sport. So how are you making it more affordable so that people can have access to your your particular events? Well, there are many things. Two of the things that we tried to do is um, we also know that women are more comfortable off the roads. So if we can find a park that would allow for some or all of our activities that we don't have to close down roads for, or, or excuse the language, tick off local, local um, residents because their roads are blocked, then or locations that are not very high in use on a Sunday or Saturday morning, that's what we do. So it really boils down to location. It really boils down to frills. For example, there are some things that we do for safety, like bike stickers and bike tags. If something happens, you know who it is. 
but there are things like um, the MyLapse disposable tracker. Those, if we talk in dollars and cents, can it be anywhere from, people don't realize it, it seems like a little throwaway nothing. That's anywhere from two to $5 per racer. Where if I use the big clunky orange ones, that boils down to one to $2 per racer. Then you can pass on those savings to some athletes. So there are things that we looked at we look at to think about, okay, what's, what's mandatory, what's necessary, what's fabulous. And let's cut out the things that are unnecessary or will not necessarily enhance the experience of the racer. That also may mean sometimes our formats might be slightly modified in terms of distances so that we could be in and out in a record amount of time. So there are things that you can do as a race director to make it more affordable, but I also may mean that there are things that you don't want to sacrifice safety for. So once we pass those safety checks, then we go from there. That's really cool to think outside of the box to have an event, perhaps in a park. How cool is that? I would, I mean, that's why you're the race director, because I wouldn't have thought of that, but that is really good. You know, it's really good to offer an alternative to people who may not be comfortable on the road. You know, I can think of being on the road in certain parts of Virginia that just aren't welcoming and having vitriol, you know, spiraled or in 2021, I know people who've been hit and killed on the road and riding their bike, doing what they love. And so I thank you for thinking about ways in which people can be safe and safety is at the forefront of your races. I love, love, love that. Okay, Miss Camille, we have come to the time of our race. <laughs> I'm calling it a race. We have come to the time in this episode where I get to just brag on you a bit. And just talk about all the good things that you've done and all of the wonderful things that you do. And because of a little situation, <laughs> mm -hmm, you have to brag on yourself. So oh, I have trouble with that, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, you don't have any trouble bragging about yourself. I just want to do this as a way of just, you know, just highlighting people and showcasing them. So brag on yourself for a minute about all the things that you have accomplished in the sport of triathlon and beyond. I really have trouble doing that. I have trouble sometimes even remembering it's about the hunt. And once I accomplish it, it's like moved on to the next thing. So I don't never really spend enough time in that celebratory mode. Because once I cross the finish line, I'm on to the next. So I'm just being 100% honest with you. But from bragging on myself, oh, Lord, I don't even know where to begin. I really can't. Help me out. Where would you like me to start? To me, one of my biggest accomplishments was learning how to ride a bike as an adult learning how to swim. If I didn't do any of those things, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I think those are the foundational things that I celebrate. Um, and I don't, I'm humble in that I'm constantly learning. I don't take, don't sit on those laurels. Um, let's see. I started a, ra a race direct company, put on events during COVID. I guess that's braggable and <laughs> it's kicking strong. <laughs> and I'm gonna help you out a little bit cause I'm not gonna leave you hanging. Um, Please, we, I feel like you did. We, 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 well, you know, that's how I felt too in the beginning. Anyway, 
There's always a little inside joke and I'm here to play around and have fun. So I am just going to brag on you a little bit and it may just be a little uh, regurgitation of what we already said, but I think one of the biggest accomplishments or it's one of, just one of the biggest accomplishments that I think that you've done is definitely becoming a race director and allowing people to find their finish line, to do it, uh, to encourage their fitness while they can do it with their friends, with their family members so that they can be fabulous and always have fun. And I love the fact that you are effing things up just a little bit in the triathlon world. You have no idea I F's with that, okay? So we are going to come to our rapid fire questions where I'm just gonna ask you some really quick questions. You don't have to think about it too much. Whatever comes to your mind, there's going right. to be, it's going to be like a mixture of all the things that you do. So just think real good about. Okay. 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 All right. What is the best thing about triathlon? The finish line. <laughs> okay. What that medal. The finish line and the medal. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite discipline in triathlon? Cycling. I love it. What is your favorite food? You know, we didn't mention that after an interview, but what is your favorite food after a race? After ribs. I have ribs and beer waiting for me at my I have my own crock pot at the finish line with my ribs and my beer waiting for me. They don't got good food. I hate cold food at the finish line. I'm sorry, y'all. I am so sorry. You actually have ribs and beer at your own, at the finish line? You better ask somebody at my own. If I'm racing, excuse me, if I'm racing at my finish line and I got my medal, I have my ribs in my crock pot. Sure. I have my beer in my cooler. Somebody going to bring it for me if not... I'll leave it there before I get, before I even told the finish line. <laughs> I think I just got stuck. Ribs and beer. I need some cold. I need something meaty. I didn't work hard. Come on now. I'm just stuck on the ribs though. But you know what? To each his own. I would like a rib. Are they pork ribs or, or uh, beef ribs? I have one of each and I need a bone so I can hold it. Cause I done race, so my fingers not that fingers, so I can back a wrap it in a napkin. I can hold it like this and eat it. I'm good. I have so one you do it. So you do a spare rib versus a baby bag. Depending on the distance of the race. If it's a seventy point three, I got me a baby bag. If it's a sprint, I mean a a, a, a spare rib. If it's a sprint, I got me a baby bag. Shouldn't know this much about ribs, but I'm from Georgia, so we know good ribs. And my dad is like the grill and if you master. Cook it right, you don't need no sauce. You don't need no sauce, no sauce at all. Yeah, I'm done. I don't even know where else to go with these questions because I feel like hit it. What you got next? Hit it. <laughs> As a race director, because this is important. As a race director, what type of food do you provide for the finishers? I'm still working on that because that's one of the things that are to make it affordable. So I've had ice cream. I've had don't I've had specialty donuts. I've had I'm still playing around with what that magic formula is. One time we had a champagne toast with fruit. So I'm still playing around with that. But all of those three things seem to resonate well with the ladies, um, especially the specialty donuts. So 
We'll see. I'm working on that for 2022. That's that is one of the hardest things. Okay. I just I'm not gonna have no cold pizza. I'm just letting you know that right now. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, you already know if you go to Austin and you race in one of Camille's amazingly pink strong races this year, where you will be big, bold, brave, and trying a new adventure, you ain't gonna have no cold pizza. Yo, that's it for our time here with Try Beginners Luck. Thank you so much, Camille, for coming. And remember, whenever you try, you always win. Now you better go out there and F something up today. Ew. Bye. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.